yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunny Independent, and I'm joined today by Mark Cavanagh, digital editor of Buzz.ie, senior assistant editor at The Star, and we're going to look at the best tech of 2019. We're going to look back at the best phones, headphones, cameras, drones, laptops, PCs, smart speakers, and smart watches. And then we're going to have a quick look at what we're looking forward to next year. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, Adrian. Thanks for inviting me on. Excited yeah. about this one. It's been a great year for tech. It has been a pretty interesting year for tech. Let's start with phones, which is the big one. I've picked out the two phones that I think are the best of the year, but what, what were your picks? I would, being conscious of the two that you've picked, mm. I went for, for I, and, and and I would be a fan of both of those as well. Okay, I've actually okay. got this. It is now obvious to readers that I circulated my notes to you before this podcast, but go ahead. The two I chose were the OnePlus 7T, yep. um, in terms of value and the overall Android experience. Mm. It's, it's excellent. It's probably bettered only by the Pixel 4 XL, which I know from previous podcasts you're not a big fan of, mm. but... Um, the 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 one plus seventy price wise it's five nine nine, okay. And Pixel, the one hundred and twenty eight gigabyte Pixel four XL will cost you almost twice that. It's nine nine nine. So if if money is a consideration, I'd go for the one plus. But if photography is a bigger consideration, mm-hmm. well then go for the Pixel because it's hard to beat the mm-hmm. photography. Well, on the photography front, which is has been the main criteria almost on which I judge phones for the last three or four years, because I'm a bit of a nerd in that area. Um, the Pixel 4 XL is absolutely excellent on a single lens. The problem is that it, the second lens that it added was a zoom lens. Um, and it also just isn't quite as good, in my opinion, in my testing, as the two that I've gone for. And unfortunately, these are two flagship phones. They are pricey. And that is um, the Huawei's P30 Pro, which overall is the most flexible best camera phone you can buy in terms of the totality of what it does. And the other phone I've gone for is the iPhone 11 Pro Max. And that is the most expensive phone you can buy. But the reason I've gone for it is even though it doesn't have the big zoom of the P30 Pro in every other regard, it is 
on par or superior w- in particular um, with regard to video. So I was tweeting uh, my pictures and videos from New Mexico a couple of years ago, uh, uh, the other week, because I'm on this mission to try and see 50 states before I'm 50. So I was at a tech conference in Vegas, and then I drove around New Mexico for three or four days, Roswell, Albuquerque, a few places. And I was <clears throat> mainly using as a video camera uh, my uh, 11 Pro Max. And I tweeted some videos from that, like from the plane, and then also uh, just walking around. And people couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that this was from um, a phone. And there's something that Apple has managed to pull off with the stabilization that no other phone in my extensive uh, uh, testing this year, because I, I, I have those phones that you mentioned. I've, I've tested those and the Samsung phones as well, which, by the way, are very, very good. But this you, you do have to pick a winner. And so overall, I would say the 11 Pro Max is the highest quality for video and probably for portraits as well. But in terms of flexibility, that zoom on the Huawei P30 Pro is absolutely amazing. Like amazing. I Last weekend I was in Mayo. I woke up and the you can see the mountains of Ackle from where we stay. And they were covered in snow. And I didn't have time to take out the camera, so I took out the phone, zoomed into 15 or 20 times, roughly the equivalent of about 300 millimeters, and it was crystal clear. I mean, it was really good. I tweeted it, and again, people were like, you know, what camera are you using? Um, so they're the two I've gone for. You you, you, you do like the OnePlus phones, though. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. be a big fan. It's the speed is the mm. the, the, oh. the big selling point of and those. the screen, the, the display as well. The cameras right? have improved greatly. Yeah. Um, yes, they're not still at the, the higher standard of, say, the Pixel mm. or the iPhone. Um, but OnePlus don't really put that much research into their cameras. So as I understand it, OnePlus as a company essentially gather together high-spec components and put them together in a fairly stylish package and then use pure Android. But, for example, they don't really put much research uh, money into cameras, for example, the no, way that Samsung or Huawei or, or Apple would. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the focus at this point. They did they did put more more effort into the, the last two flagships. So the 7 Pro is probably a higher-spec model. Mm. I have one of those, but I, I, I chose the 7T because... It's such a slim and light phone. It doesn't have that immersive screen. It, yep. it it has a notch and it has the you know the built-in selfie camera as mm-hmm. opposed to the pop-up selfie camera of the Seven Pro. Mm-hmm. But um, I I just find it's a really a really nice phone to use and and as I say it's light and slim and yep. easy to carry around. The iPhone to give them credit, I've got the iPhone 11, the standard version, which is 879 for the 128 mm-hmm. gigabyte model. That's got all of the features. It's got that same. I saw your videos from mm. from the US. They're excellent. The video stabilization. Saw yep. a couple of camera nerds pointing out that they look like video games. Yep. But for a phone, I thought the stabilization is excellent. To me, the only mm-hmm. thing I've seen with better stabilization this year would be the GoPro the Hero 8. But we'll yeah. we'll mention that maybe yeah, later. Yeah, sure, okay. Um, but the only thing that iPhone 11 is missing is the zoom and. Yeah. If you compare it to, say, the Pixel, which has the zoom and hasn't got the ultra-wide, I'd probably prefer to have the ultra-wide. Me too, than actually. Zoom. Me too. I, I would. Um, the other difference between the uh, iPhone 11 that you're talking about and the iPhone 11 Pro or the Pro Max is um, one is an LCD screen, which is slightly lower spec uh, on, on the, the 11 and versus the uh, LED screen on the uh, 11 Pro. And 
after a while you do sort of get used to the LED, but it's not actually that big a deal. I, I agree with you. I think in terms of value, if budget is in any way an issue, the iPhone 11 is a much better deal mm-hmm. than the 11 Pro or the 11 Pro Max. However, let's m- move on to headphones. And um, I've never had so many headphones to test yeah, as I did I, this year. Incredible. Incredible. I, you actually, you know, this would probably be your area more than mine. I, the, when somebody asks me what is a really good pair of noise-canceling headphones, my default answer has been for the last three years, um, Sony's XM1000 uh, um, range, the 250, 300 quid. However, they didn't come out with a new pair of headphones this year in that on that level, did they? No, no, they brought out the in-ears instead. Yeah, um, the, yeah, those those headphones. I mean, I don't think many people would would argue with that mm. that view. And I would have went along with that until I tried the Bose seven hundreds. Had them for a couple of weeks, okay. and they're not as stylish looking, mm. maybe as as the Sony's, but in terms of audio quality, yeah. comfort, and the ANC was just incredible. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's really important. That's how I would judge the headphones. The two that I did pick, I picked one pair of over head headphones and then I picked um, a set of in-ear uh, earphones. The overheads I picked were Microsoft's Surface headphones and the reason I picked them, does that they have active noise cancellation as well. The reason I picked them was the audio quality is probably the best I've ever experienced sort of at or under the 300-350 euro uh, level. Um, I also liked that it was very easy to switch from one Bluetooth device to another so I could switch from my phone to a laptop like really quickly whereas mm-hmm. it's much more difficult to, to do that with Sony um, they're not as comfortable as the Sony's though but they work they did come out this year I would like them for the reason that I think I think they maybe process the sound a little bit more than Bose or Sony and I'm sure if we had an audiophile here they would argue yeah. that Bose and Sony were better audio quality but mm. I in the same way that Pixel for cameras have a certain look to all their photographs mm. to me surface headphones they add a certain sound to whatever kind okay. of music you're listening to and i would be a big fan of that and i was a big fan of those headphones as mm. well i think they actually came out late last year outside ireland but we only got them earlier this year yeah so we're we're talking about this is an irish podcast so we're talking about stuff that only surfaced if you excuse the pun this year in 2019 i for in-ear i went for huawei's FreeBuds 3 over the updated iPhone the uh, of the AirPods Pro and I kind of did that because they largely do the same thing for 100 quid less so for me the audio quality is good good to very good I would regard the AirPod the basic AirPod quality as being really very 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 decent and this is roughly the same except they give you active noise cancellation um, as well they also don't use the rubber tips and this will divide opinion some people there there are absolutely two uh, views on this I prefer the hard polymer AirPod style without the rubber tips it suits my ears better but I know there are lots of people who are absolutely the other side of the coin they prefer the rubber tips and, and Apple indeed on the AirPods Pro went with a rubber tip uh, format so I, I'm I, I, in one of my reviews of the the Sony in ears the WF one thousand XM three hated what a mouthful. I hated um, them. They I couldn't. They have eight different size tips yeah, yeah. in the box, and I couldn't find one that would mm. not fall out mm. on a just you know a standard. Sony, I love what you do in general. I hated those uh, in ear headphones. With the the AirPods, the original AirPods. Um, 
I never had a problem with them. They never fell out of me, yeah, ever. Me I thought the audio was okay. It wasn't excellent, but mm. for, for the price they were, it was great. The AirPods Pro, I've only just started testing this week. Mm-hmm. They've fallen out about four or five times already. Really? So, okay. Um, with the Huawei's, uh, I think they have they do that kind of one-size-fits-all Yes, they do. Approach. But that's, again, this is personal. This, it suits some people's ears. It doesn't suit other people's ears. But I do appreciate that they've act- added reasonably decent active noise cancellation. Now, just to put that in context, it is nothing compared to the overhead uh, headphones that we're, we're talking about. But that's because they completely insulate your ear and, and it's it's a much easier for those to do that. Um, you're never going to get the same degree of uh, active noise cancellation from a bud as you will from an overhead. Uh, but that's for better or for worse, that's my choice. But yeah, the Huawei, the sound quality is very mm. good. I found the ANC is a little bit fiddly to deal with with that mm. app that they have. But yeah, so you have to control it via an app on your phone. And you can... You can choose, you can vary it and modulate it. And that is a bit fiddly because you're always wondering, almost wondering yourself, is this better or this better? You'd, I'd almost prefer them to make that decision for me. But uh, having said that, any other headphone choices? Um, the Beats Solar Pro. Oh. They they have a couple of similar features to the AirPods Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, when you open them up, they power on. So there's no there's no power on off switch. Mm-hmm. When you fold them back down, they 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 turn off same way as if you put the AirPods Pro back in their case. They they automatically switch off. And the ANC on them is excellent. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few reviewers criticise the tight fit. It is a snug fit. I've maybe a larger head than most people, so um, not as big as mine. I can tell but, you that. <laughs> but I, I still found them physically and metaphorically. But anyway, I still found them very comfortable. Yeah. For you know, you could wear them two or three hours. Well, I mean, and that yep. is a real issue because you try a pair of headphones on in the shop, and the audio sounds fantastic. The active noise cancellation is amazing, but you're only trying it on for maximum sixty seconds, ninety seconds. You don't know what that's going to feel like after. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I can tell you, I use headphones for 10, 20, 30 minutes, often in work, just so I can focus, uh, concentrate, sometimes on public transport, sometimes out walking. It's really important that it doesn't start to cut into your head. And again, with the Sonys, for example, that is an advantage I have found of the, the, the Sonys is that in general, they've taken that very seriously. And for me personally, maybe it's just because of the size or shape of my head. Um, they're very comfortable a long period of time. I would have to say about the Surface headphones that I mentioned, the Microsoft Surface headphones, which cost about the same, although I prefer slightly the sound quality out of them, um, they're not quite as comfortable. Oh, after 20 to 30 minutes, I can feel them, and I'm not sure I could wear them for an hour. And the ANC probably isn't as good on them mm. as maybe the Bose mm. or the Sonys. Uh, with the Beats, uh, if you go with a list price, Beats or 100 euro less than the Sony or the Bose. Oh, that's a big However, deal, yeah. the Sony have been on pretty decent special yeah. offers the last few weeks since Black Friday. Mm. You can get them for as little as 279 compared to And that's and and I've even seen the Mark 2s which you'll still very occasionally see. We're talking about the Mark 3 here. I've seen the Mark 2s around very occasionally you see that and that you'll get that for as low as 200 quid and they're pretty much as good. I mean they're slightly heavier but they're pretty much as good. I, I have both uh, both pairs. Um, let's move on to cameras. You and I both like cameras. Um, I've picked two cameras that I think will probably deserve the title of the best cameras of the year. And I've one additional no- uh, noble mention. Did you have any... Uh, I suppose the one that I tried out 
I don't own it, mm. but the one I tried out that impressed me most was the Panasonic full frame mirrorless, the oh, S1R yeah. and, and the S1. The, mm-hmm. the S1R is the much higher resolution model, mm-hmm. um, but the S1 itself, it's I think it's 24 megapixels. Yeah, which is a sweet spot for uh, for being able to handle low light. Uh, so Panasonic's full frame sensor mirrorless uh, digital cameras. I also uh, tried that same camera out uh, in general. I really liked it. I think if you were building a digital mirrorless full-frame camera from scratch, I think that is exactly the kind of camera you would build. It is a little bit bulky, but that actually suits ergonomically in terms of the grip and everything. Um, handled really nicely. The buttons were on the wrong, the right places. Um, the the small handful of lenses that they have uh, are you know perform very well. The big problem there, though, is there's the, the, a tiny number of lenses. Now I know they have their L mount alliance with Leica and is it Sigma? Sigma's the other, yeah. And so in theory, those companies going forward will make lenses that will fit that body. But they've a long way to go, in my view, to catch up. And from what I'm seeing in the market, you know, um, they're now facing a lot of competition. Um, I bought a, guess Gavin knows, our sound engineer here, he knows I have a problem with cameras, but I bought a, a Canon <laughs> on that New Mexico trip. I bought a Canon EOS RP, which is the, en- the entry level uh, Canon digital mirrorless. I have a lot of Canon uh, lenses, you see, and they give you an adapter in the box. Mm. So I was just kind of thinking, well, look, over the long term, because I have a Canon 60 Mark II, which is a, D- a DSLR and a Canon 60. But anyway, um, uh, and over the long term, I, I thought, look, I am going to go to mirrorless in the long term. So I decided to buy it. But the, the number of lenses that Canon have launched uh, is just more complete than the Panasonic range of lenses, to me anyway. Um, now, ironically, n- none of those cameras are the ones that I went to. I went for a Fujifilm camera and for a Sony camera. And I, d- I don't shoot Sony at all. I know you do. Mm. You've is an a 73 Yeah, which so. is a fantastic, which I think was probably the best camera of last year overall, everything considered. <clears throat> this year, I've divided into two. <clears throat> and the flagship camera, and I, because it costs about three grand and not that many people are going to buy it, that I think was the best of the year was actually Sony's A7R4. Now, I'm not a Sony shooter. I did try it out. I, I had a, a, a short loan of it, um, but it's just fairly spectacular in terms of technically what it can do. Um, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. So I think that beat off competition from Canon and Nikon and I think Panasonic uh, during the year, especially because of all the glass that you have for... Uh, for Sony. The other one I think was for under a thousand euro, which is really where you're getting into most of the market. For me, it was Fujifilm's X-T30. And that's because they took the sensor. So I told you before about my problem with cameras. So I own a Fujifilm X-T3, a Fujifilm X-Pro2, and a Fujifilm X-T20, right? Uh, Love them all, by the way. They all do slightly different things. Um, But the X-T30 has the sensor, the really nice new sensor from the from the more expensive uh, X-T3. And essentially what you're getting in a package for under a grand is a really, really good uh, crop sensor APS-C uh, camera with a joystick, with loads of manual controls, looks absolutely fantastic, with an amazing uh, 26 megapixel sensor that really rivals pretty much anything that you'll, any kind of crop sensor camera you will get from any other manufacturer bar the ones that are specialists for 
sports and wildlife. This is absolutely fantastic. And it takes all of the glass. I have loads of Fuji lenses now. The Fuji lenses are superb. So if I was buying one camera, if I was going to treat myself, I didn't have a camera and I wanted to get into it. And I was going to treat myself to a camera that costs eight or 900 euro, it would definitely be Fujifilm's X-T30. Um, if I had loads of money, uh, I might consider um, uh, Sony's A7 or 4 um, For that cheaper price point, I would recommend the Lumix G90, which I have out oh, on yeah. review at the moment. That's a great deal. And That's a really good camera. On yeah. a much smaller price point, 489, the TZ95. Now, the reason that would appeal to me is I go to a lot Compact. of gigs, as you probably know. Mm -hmm. Big music fan. Sometimes you get stopped trying to smuggle in a bigger camera yeah. uh, to, to gigs. I got told off last pocket. week in Vicker Street for using the GX90. So the TZ95 is a great camera because it's a pocket camera that yeah. nobody minds, but it's got yeah. a 30x zoom on it. Mm -hmm. which And the sensor is that bit bigger than a smartphone sensor. So you can extend it out, you'll still get a relatively colour-rich, decent image uh, with, with decent stabilisation. And because it doesn't look like a pro camera, people tend Nobody, not to mind it yeah, gigs, you know. so you get away with it. That's okay. That's a, it has that's other uses, obviously, too. Uh, yeah. It's a travel zoom. Yep. Yeah, that's a very good call. Okay, so there are the cameras. Let's move on to drones. And this one, actually, I haven't tested. You test it, but, but from what I, I fly drones quite a lot, but I haven't bought a new drone in 18 months, almost two years. Um, what, what drone did you pick? I, I own a Mavic Air. Mm -hmm. um, the Mavic Mini yes. is is the new one that's just been released. And oh, if you if you know if you're if you're new to drones or you mm. want to try out a drone, it's it's the one to go for. Mm. Um, I'd recommend getting the Combi Pack because you get three batteries. The mm -hmm. battery life is one of the big selling points. It's mm -hmm. thirty minutes as opposed to. So I've this got, is amazing because this is why I picked it as well. So I have a couple of DJI drones, and the one that the the last one I got was the DJI Spark, and that was almost two years ago. And that is roughly the same size as this drone we're talking about now, the Mavic Mini. But it has a battery life of about 13 minutes. So what I did, of course, I got the Combi version and, and it bought an extra three or four batteries. But what you end up flying it and then you have to bring it back every eight or nine minutes um, so that it doesn't get lost. And it was like I lost one of them one time. And I was flying it in the States over a virgin forest in Maine. And it actually it ran out of battery and went down. And I had I spent two hours hacking through... Uh, trees and brush and branches trying to find I did find it by the way um, but so for this one to have a 30 minute battery life so that's for 399 and then the combi pack is only 499 oh listen that's and a no brainer so you get three batteries yeah. so you have an hour and a half slime time so you like that's an afternoon of fun and how did you find the control and everything the was control okay? uh, excellent yeah. it, I mean it's it's missing maybe some of the the sensors mm. of the of the bigger the bigger drones so don't care What's the camera like on it? Camera on it's it's two point seven K as okay, opposed to four K. Perfect. You don't so, need four K. Um, yeah, opinion. no, great phone. I did that. Uh, if I was to pick a gadget of the year, yeah. that would probably be it. Brilliant. That's a really good call. Um, I know drones are topical and controversial uh, at the moment. I a couple of weeks ago we interviewed a guy called Bobby Healy, whose company Mana Aero is about to launch. Oh, he's put the launch back from January to March. A food delivery drone service in Ireland to a community of 30,000 people as a trial. He won't say yet what community it is. And then he says he's going to launch a full-blown national um, uh, food delivery drone by drone service in 2021. So uh, look out for that. Laptops. Um, I've gone for two laptops here. One of them isn't even a laptop. It's a bit of a cheat. Um, 
Did any laptops catch your eye? Surface Laptop 2, which mm. I know it's already been superseded by the Surface Laptop 3, which mm. has just dropped. Um, and Surface Laptop 2, again, it's one of those products that was released in 2018 outside of Ireland, but we only got it earlier this year. And it's just, um, it's an incremental mm. upgrade from the first one, but very slim, very light. Mm. Um, I like the touchscreen aspect of Windows mm. 10. I know you're not necessarily the biggest fan no, of No, I'm coming around to it. I'm coming around to it because I use the iPad Pro so much. And uh, I've I've started using a few more touchscreen laptops. Um, I think they're, they're they're a great example of how tech has come on. Mm. I mean, you're you're spoiled for choice now, and the standard of Windows laptops, whether from oh, whether from Microsoft as a brand or yeah. from HP or mm. Lenovo, that they're, they're all it's, really fantastic. It's now. it's so different to what it was seven or eight years ago. I mean, you're you're absolutely right, um, and and indeed Windows has come on an awful lot. Windows used to be just utter pain to navigate through. I don't mind. Sorry, Microsoft. You've made some fantastic products. We've recommended one or two here, but I used to hate Windows. I don't hate it anymore. Um, the one that, the two that I've gone for, um, one of them is from Lenovo, Lenovo ThinkPad Carbon X1 Generation 7, 1600 euro, which is kind of pricey. But the, uh, just the form factor 14-inch screen, which to me is the perfect size laptop screen. It's not too big, it's not too small. This is really slim, it's really light, mega power uh, under the hood. And uh, the, the version I had is a non-touchscreen version, but you can get it in a, in a touchscreen touch version. Uh, so that's the Windows laptop I went for. And then the other one I went for was actually the iPad Air 3, the Apple iPad Air 3. And the reason is because they've essentially loaded in a lot of the iPad Pro features into that. So they you can now connect Apple's own smart keyboard to it, which effectively makes it a laptop um, with iPad OS because you can split the screen, you've got a filing system, and you can use the uh, Apple Pencil with it as well. And I personally find the um, the portability, ease of use, and speed, and all the rest of it of, of the more professional iPads to be uh, really, really useful. It's, it's kind of actually reversed uh, iPads for iPad sales were cratering for a few years, and now they've started to grow again. Um, any other laptops? Took the, the 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 iPad. The new iPad, the 10.5-inch, I'm not sure which oh, yeah, generation it is or what yeah. version it's called, but that's pretty good as well. It's 399, but I wouldn't recommend going for the 32-gig version because you'll yeah. pretty soon fill up that storage. Yeah. But there's a 128-gig model for 499, and it's got the A10 chipset, which mm. I know it's two steps back, but it's no, still pretty fast. completely fine. So I had the first iPad Pro, which was two, two three years ago, and that, I think, had the A10 uh, chip, but those machines are still going strong. I mean, if you get a chance to get one of those at a knockdown price, absolutely go for it. Um, going to move on to PCs. Um, there's actually only one PC that I was at all interested in uh, this year. Um, I, I got an extended loan of it, and it's the first time that I've ever actually kind of fallen in love with a Windows PC. And again, it's from Microsoft. It's the Surface Studio 2. It's this big, giant 28-inch screen panel uh, with uh, essentially a computer built in, and it's on a hinge, so you can push it flat and tilt it up. And it's just—it's a 4K screen. It's just gorgeous. It also costs an absolute fortune. It's four grand. Um, however, if I had four grand, and I, uh, uh, it's the kind of machine that would actually make me start using a desktop at home again. I haven't used a desktop at home in years, despite owning an iMac, two iMacs, 
haven't haven't used a desktop in years. I didn't use it. I I didn't. I wasn't that lucky. But uh, I did see your review at the time, and I saw how excited you were about it. Mm. Um, and. To me, it, it sort of struck me that it, it, it was a great indication of how far Microsoft has come on as a mm. hardware company because it's a sort of innovative product nobody else is making that you would expect maybe Apple to make, mm. but they didn't. Microsoft made it instead. And I, it, I, What that guy has done, the guy's name is Panos Pane. I did an interview with him early 2019, and he has he's the guy behind all of the Surface devices. He basically came up and has spearheaded that team over the last five years, six years. And um, what he has done has completely changed Microsoft's rep as a hardware company, in, in my opinion. He's made them into real contenders. But that Studio 2, you know, the, when the, it, sometimes it happens with a camera, sometimes it happens with a car. It's something that it is so aesthetically attractive in itself that it makes you want to use it. That to me, this is the first time a Windows PC has appealed to me like that. Now I'm saying that it's the best of, you know, that I've come across in 2019. Completely conscious that at 4,000 euro, hardly anyone's going to buy it. But if you were looking for the apps, because it's pitched at professionals and architects, and small change compared to the uh, top of the range Mac Pro. Though. Did you see? I, I was tweeting the other day. Uh, I was browsing the uh, the new Mac Pro, and I was just specking it up to the max to see how much it would cost. 62,000 euro. 62,000. And I then put it side by side with a house in Roscommon I found for 60,000 euro, which is actually quite nice. And the, the most common response I got was, yeah, but the house has windows. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, this would be cheap compared to, uh, uh, compared to a Mac Pro. Although with the Mac Pro, many Mac loyalists came back with a cross tone and they said... Um, you know, uh, well, it could actually, if you're doing CGI and you're doing all of these professional activities that make you money, that's not expensive and you're missing the point. And yeah, it's not, it's not really a consumer product. It is aimed at a, obviously a very niche market. Mm. There's some great videos of, of, of the power and the, mm. the, uh, the capabilities of it. I Justine's is probably the, the favorite I saw that, that I've one. seen. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so what took it up to the 62,000 euro? Cause you can, you, you know, you tick a box and it's an extra grand here, an extra two grand there. Half of the 62 grand was taken up in the level of RAM that I chose. So it comes with a basic 32 gigabytes of RAM, which to most of us is a massive amount of RAM uh, memory. I maxed it to 1500 gigabytes of RAM, 1.5 terabytes. And that costs an extra 30,000 euro. For that, for that amount of RAM. With the greatest of respect to uh, the people of Roscommon, I did notice that a lot of people uh, replied to your tweet the other day and said they'd prefer the Mac to a house in Roscommon. <laughs> I think I would I be did. in that camp Actually, too. Uh, there was one former Minister of Communications who uh, took umbrage to that. Dennis Nocton came back at me, not at me, he, good-humouredly, and, and used it as a, a kind of a marketing opportunity to list all of the advantages of living in Roscommon and you're close to Ireland West Airport and there's no traffic and it's clean air and uh, all that stuff. But yeah, you're right. People said, yeah, let's take the Mac Pro. Um, smart speakers. Um, I've kind of gone for an Amazon, uh, an Amazon sweep here, even though there were some big products launched by Google and Lenovo and others here. So the two that I've gone for are the Echo Dot and the Echo Show 8. And the reason I've gone for those is because they, the audio quality I find on the Amazon speakers is slightly better than those in Google. Do you have, have you? 
Um, I've got a few Echo speakers and I have the Google Home and I have that Nest Mini and I have the original Home Mini. Um, I would have thought Google Home was initially better than the early earlier iterations mm. of the Amazon Echo, for example. But mm. there's a third gen Echo out now and it's fantastic. They've added a, a sort of yeah. small subwoofer to it. So I, I'm just looking at the ones that were launched this year. So um, the the dot, I think, is a third generation dot. It has a little clock, a little mm. uh, uh, on the front. But that's not, and, and in itself, it's actually quite a decent small speaker. It's a, it, it is a small speaker. It's smaller than a coffee cup. But what I use it for is I, I wire it physically to a large dumb speaker, and then I and then the, the large dumb superior speaker becomes a smart speaker. So I'm the the smaller dot is picking up my voice, but it's coming back um, through the through the large speaker. So that's kind of yeah. You could do that wirelessly as well. You could do yeah. that using Bluetooth as well. Um, yeah, the sound quality on on all of the the Amazon speakers, I think, um, has stepped mm. up a bit. But the the display units, the the Echo Show Five, yeah. the Eight, and the Ten. Yeah. I know it's not called the Echo Show Ten, but mm. within Amazon, they do call it that. The mm. original Echo Show. I think the sound quality out of them is fantastic. It really is. I so I have uh, an Echo Show Five and an Echo Show Eight, and I um, actually have an older Echo Show Ten, uh, which is now down in a cottage in Mayo and can absolutely hold a large kitchen. I mean, it, 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 and that's what I'm talking about because I, I do have a Google Home and I have some of the um, the Google uh, Nest Hub devices and, and, and the Nest Mini. They are, they're decent. They're just not as good as the, the Echoes. I think they're still on their first generation yeah. models. So yeah. you, you might see a change. Maybe there might be a, you new, might, a, yeah. a new home next let, year. Let, and, and let's hope we do. There's yeah. a Panasonic speaker that has Google Home Incorporated. It's the GA10. It's it's quite affordable. I think it's around 100 euro. Okay. The sound quality of that's excellent. Is it? And for, for an Alexa speaker that has much better sound quality than Amazon's own units. Sorry, yeah. Amazon. Uh, the Sonos, Sonos one. Yeah. Is, but is the fantastic. Sonos one costs two hundred and twenty-five quid, doesn't yeah, it, or one ninety-nine? Yeah. And that is that's actually a speaker which has retrospectively kind of baked uh, Alexa into yeah. it. And um, I think you can outside Ireland, you can now get Google Home support on that as well. But we, okay. have, we haven't got that yet. Let's move on to smartwatches. I've picked three. I for some reason I reviewed a lot of smartwatches uh, this year. I I suppose. You can't really look beyond the Apple Watch Series 5 in terms of overall do-it-all is kind of uh, best in class in several different ways. Um, I've only just started uh, reviewing that. I've only, I've only mm. had it a, a week or two. How do you find a battery life on it? Not as good as the Series 4. Slight, so about 10 or 20% less good than the Series 4. Because one of the, the big selling points of it is that it has an always-on display for yes. the first time. Yeah. But that seems to impact battery life yeah, quite considerably. I, so there are different... So my own experience is that I think that it has a... Sl, the battery life isn't quite as good. Now, that doesn't make that much of a difference because with the Series 4 and indeed the Series 3, particularly the Series 4 last year... I was getting just shy of two days from it. So I was having really to recharge it every night anyway. So if I'm still getting, you know, instead of getting, say, 45 hours, if I'm getting 42 hours or 41 hours, it's not a huge deal. It, to me, it's worth the trade for that always on display. So the big uh, annoyance with previous versions of the Apple Watch was that you had to flick your wrist up sometimes 
almost violently to uh, to see the for for the display to come alive. Now there's a low energy um, system in place where it has an always on display, and that to me that's very very handy. It it it's worth the marginal battery. Um, I would uh, agree with your assertion that it's the best in class. Um, mm. If I was to buy a watch, that would be the one I would mm. go for. Um, I do like all the notifications. Um, I know sometimes mm. we like to be able to switch off, and, and, and the benefits of maybe the Huawei Watch GT2 are that yeah. you know you can you get you get a you get the notifications, but you can't reply to messages. And yeah, so, so therefore that's that's the, that's the the second watch uh, smartwatch that I picked, and I picked that because it's pretty affordable. Like the Apple Watch Series Five will start start at about 450 quid or so um and whereas the the huawei watch is half that price um has a very very nice colorful oled display it's a great OLED display, display. Yeah. not always on but okay looks pretty good comes with a nice brown leather strap the version i had anyway um and the has a particular strength has battery life of about 10 or 11 days yeah i got even more i got two weeks out of it. like blows a lot of other smartwatches away in that regard. It, it, and like, if you're the kind of person who gets really annoyed having to charge your watch every night, or if you're going away on a trip and you don't want to bring extra cables, this is really good. It's really good. Um, however, the third one that I picked, which is more of a health fitness smartwatch, uh, which is Garmin's Phoenix 6 Sapphire, and the, it just launched a few months ago, this is that's closer to about seven or 800 quid. Um, so which is a lot of money. However, it does have a few advantages. It has an always-on display, even if it's a, you know, a monotone uh, display. It has excellent battery life, even better than Huawei. It's about 13 days, 13 to 14 days. And it has the ability, for example, to download you know, one or 2,000 Spotify songs offline, so you can listen to them offline. That's really, really handy. And does it have a lot of pro sports features as well? It does. So, I mean, if you think of all of the things that a cyclist, a swimmer, or a runner would want, um, it pretty much has them all and like pretty advanced uh, versions of them. So Garmin would have a a name among runners in particular uh, as being, you know, kind of the high-end sports watch or certainly above Fitbit. And this pretty much has has all of that now aesthetically it does definitely have that blocky sports look so the apple watch for example they do a big trade in selling fashion bands and fashion you know fashion straps you're not really going to get that with the garmin phoenix and what's the battery life on the garmin superb about 13 or 14 days that's excellent yeah so basically two weeks and if you leave it on standby like if for some reason you're not wearing it it's even longer uh, well, I was a, I didn't bring it to the States with me. I was there for nine days. When I left the States, it said that it had six days left. When I came back, it was still going, like nine days later. That's excellent. There is a Fitbit that I was testing out recently. I think you reviewed it as well earlier in the year, the Fitbit Versa 2. Versa 2, yeah. It's, I think it's 199, great price point. Yeah. And it's like the, the Huawei, it lasts for about two weeks, or mm-hmm. it, did, it did with me. And I really like the smarts that come with the app that, that, that you yeah. sync up to, and you get great analysis of your, your week, everything from your sleep to your... Some people were freaking out about Fitbit because uh, Fitbit has just been acquired by Google. Uh, six weeks ago and the Fitbit had to come out and make a statement and saying you know we're not going to be selling your health data to or Google is not going to be monetizing your health data in that way but 
Google has kind of left itself some wriggle room to to work with that data in other ways if they want. And people are now asking questions, well, if I get a Fitbit, am I part of the product now? Although, folks, if you are you know, using any Google services on your phone, if you're buying a smart speaker from Amazon or Google, um, in some cases a smartwatch or many of the other products we're using, you kind of are down that rabbit hole a little bit. But people do get very, very anxious when you talk about personal health data. Apple has kind of made it into um, a feature that that the Apple Watch Series 5 and its other Apple Watches, the health data they collect you know, is secure, it's lockered, it's in this enclave that can't be touched. You, you, you can trade it with your doctor if you want, but other than that... I tend not to worry too much about. It. There's enough yeah. real, real life stresses to be worrying about than uh, who's who's got access to your personal health data. Well, this is. I'm currently uh, writing a load of uh, end of year and what's going to happen in 2020 features for the Irish and Sunday Independent, and one of the themes that's prominent in that is um, privacy as a luxury, because there's definitely emerging now this rift between. Companies like Apple, which charge generally more for the products and services than companies like Google, um, where there is more of a compromise on, you know, on your on your data data privacy. But in my experience, an awful lot of the most zealous privacy advocates are also pretty rich. They're pretty comfortable. They, they definitely do buy high end iPhones or they are in circumstances where they're not relying on a free online service to use email or to be able to communicate with their family and their friends. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that where like the ecosystem in developing uh, countries, countries like India, China, although you could argue that China is now pretty much a first world country. Um, and actually they have other issues with data. Um, but countries like India, for example, you know, it's it's a lot more challenging to, to to say to them, you know, you shouldn't use any of these free online services because, you know, you, you're being tracked in some way when they might be depending on that to send an email to get a job. And I know it's it shouldn't be like that. And maybe you could argue this is a dystopian world we're entering, but it's an interesting other part to the equation. Let's have a brief look before we wrap up at what we're looking forward to. Um, next year. I have a few things I'm looking forward to uh, next year. I've picked out a phone. I've picked out uh, I picked out two phones, a camera and, uh, sorry, three phones, a camera and a set of AR glasses. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Um, I'm, because I'm loving the uh, the Hero 8 Black from GoPro mm. at the moment, um, it's a great fun action camera. The stabilization on the video is excellent. What um, do you use it for? I <laughs> Lots lots of different stuff. Uh, the time-lapse videos you can do on it are great fun. Yeah. It's, it's just a fun, a fun camera. I'm not an extreme sports enthusiast, so I'm certainly no, not using it to ski down mountains and stuff. Yeah, no, no, but to me, the stuff we talked about earlier on, the stabilized video on the new phones for me, has knocked out a lot of the potential usefulness of a GoPro. I, I bought a GoPro about five years ago, loved it, used it, brought it on holidays. It was an interesting way to record video, particularly in wide angle, and it was it was well stabilized. Now, I just take the phone out of my pocket and it does the same thing. Um, so I'm just wondering, in your use of it, was there anything that you found 
particularly unique that you couldn't really do on your phone? Um, not necessarily. No. Okay. No. It's a it's it's a, a different toy. I tried out the uh, the Hero Max as well, but that's a different a different kind of camera. That's a three sixty degree camera. Mm. That's great fun as well. I wouldn't buy that f- as an action camera. It does have some action cam capabilities, but mm. at a much lower resolution than the three sixty degree camera. Right. Um, I found with that once 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 you get used to using the camera and the the, the stick you have it on is is is, is rendered invisible. Yeah. Uh, you can get some really fun stuff out of that. And within the GoPro app now, you can do a lot of keyframing. So you you know you don't need a VR headset to be able to edit your three sixty degree video. So yeah. That's okay. a, that's a fun device. Next year though, DJI I think are the reason why the uh, the current GoPro is so good. And mm. um, that's because they entered the market this year with the Osmo Action. A DJI insider told me that that was just a test of the water to see, you know, how the market would react to their mm. product. They were blown away by the update to it. Um, quote, unquote, we didn't make much effort with that product and already we're number two. So next year we're going to kick the ball out of the park. So exciting things maybe for that, for that huh. camera. Okay. And maybe there might be a Mavic Air 2 as well, but... That's yeah. not from an insider. That's just me speculating. Well, there have there have to be some new DJI drones because they didn't actually introduce that many new drones this year. So um, I'd be expecting some uh, good new ones next year. I don't. Um, I don't think that five uh, G is really going to become omnipresent next year. I think that's more going to be in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Although next year, the latter part of next year will be the big stepping stone for 5G because that's when Apple will launch its 5G iPhone next September. Everybody knows uh, it's coming down the line. And when there's a new 5G iPhone, then all of a sudden everybody will be talking about you know what you can do on 5G. And that's when the market will really kick off. I mean, we, we actually have 5G in Ireland now this, uh, with uh, Vodafone and Air. Airs actually has the most sites now, but I, I use I use it on Vodafone. Well, I've actually got a GOMO card and a Vodafone card, but GOMO, I don't think, will pick up Airs 5G uh, signal. Um, but uh, that's going to be a big one. Uh, we, we'll have uh, 5G on all the Samsung phones as well next year, and I would expect on the likes of OnePlus 2. Um, and pretty much all the Huawei handsets. So that's going to be a big thing next year. And I'm just kind of fascinated as to what people will use it for. Um, I'm big into audio, and, and, and I would be critical of the, the standard of audio streaming on the likes of Apple Music and Spotify. Would you? Why? Um, just because it's so low res. Um, so how would you notice that? Oh, you can. You can tell the difference. If you listen to something on Tidal, I find in headphones. Tidal, and, really? Yeah. And I saw com- Tidal. At the moment, Spotify. they're trying to flog five months for a five or a month. I, I kind of read that as a sign of desperation. Um, Tidal, unfortunately, is is um, a victim of the terrible launch that they had a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it's still recovering from that. And I think it's owned by people that, that don't necessarily need it as a money-making product. Mm. product. Um but the standard, they, as well as Tidal Hi-Fi, which is CD quality, it's mm-hmm. lossless. You, they have a new, uh, a new uh, feature called Tidal Masters. Now, to get the benefit of that, at the moment, um, it doesn't really. You you won't get it on mobile. It's it streams at ninety six k and twenty four right. bit. But if you if you use the Tidal app on your Mac or your PC at home mm. and connect to a pair of speakers, like it just blows CDs out of the water. Neil Young is the only person in the music industry that I can recall in the last decade. Um, grumpy old man as he mm. is, he's the only one that's railed against the fact that the industry should never settle for CD as as the kind of standard. Mm. The CD quality wasn't even maybe as high as 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 the standard of vinyl. Is that not? 
just to be devil's advocate, a kind of an audiophile snob view, though, that that, that overall view, and Gavin's shaking his head here, um, because... Like if you look at kids and you look at creativity and who's creating the music and how the music is consumed, the vast majority of it is not in, has never been in that kind of high definition. I sometimes wonder, am I the only one that, that cares all right? Because most people don't seem to be bothered by that. But um, with with 5G, the ability to stream at a much at a much higher resolution, because mm. um, there will obviously be much more bandwidth available, um, that should maybe you know, give people the option That's at least and, and maybe people yeah. will be won over that way. I mean, and, also, and also, I'd say by the tail end of next year, I'd say the standard data package will be 30 to 50 gigabytes. I mean, it's all, if you look at Gomo's tenor per month pack, that's 80 gigabytes per month for a tenor. Air Mobile also gives you 80 gigabytes. Three gives you 60, uh, 60 or 80. I think it's 60. Oh, maybe it's, it's, it's up to 80 now. Vodafone, which has always lagged the market, even Vodafone is now giving you 25, 30. So the, the, the issue with uh, high bandwidth is it, it takes up a lot of uh, data. But, you, but it's, that's a really interesting call, though, on the audio. At, I hadn't thought of that before. At IFA last year, one of the guys from Huawei, they were giving us a demo of, of, of some of the, the potential of 5G. Um, and they were talking about streaming 8K video to your phone, directly to your phone. But that, like, that's just nonsense. I mean, I'm sorry, that is nonsense. Because I do some videos sometimes, and I can tell you, I never even bother. If I know that I'm going to have a certain frame, I'm going to be in shot and I don't need to crop in, I don't go beyond 1080p. Sometimes I don't go beyond 720p, like a fraction of 8K and a fraction of 4K even. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a believer in that. Yeah, you've got the likes of MKBHD though and... Um all of his stuff is shot in 8K footage. Yeah, he uses red I mean, cameras. Is, he use, is there a little bit of future-proofing involved there? Very possibly. Um, and But I think he himself would admit that, to keep it interesting for himself, a lot of what he does is as much style as substance. So, like those red cameras, for example, he, uses, he'll, he will go to a product launch, and you'll see him there, um, and everybody else has a really high-end sort of full HD or 4K, decent camera, decent microphone. Their videos look great. He's there with his giant red cameras there. He's putting it on a giant tripod, but he just loves the tech behind it. I, it's not clear to me that the actual technical quality of his videos look any better at all than any of the other videos. I just think he likes it. So I don't know if he's reliable in that sense. Um, uh, but certainly, like as I, I bought a new telly, I, we we're doing up the doing up this cottage in Mayo, and because uh, it was had a lot of damp and everything, so we said, look, we'll let's sell it or we'll just do it up. So I've just basically spent all my life savings doing it up. But I swore I'd never get a TV for it, but I, I just bought a TV for it. Anyway, I went TV shopping, and I did get a 4K TV. It was a Panasonic, actually. I bought. Um, by the way, just as an aside, one thing you, you find out when you go shopping for a 4K HDR TV these days, is even 40-inch models, they basically start as at the same price as a budget smartphone now. It, the, it is unbelievable how cheap they are. You can go down to 199 for 40-inch 4K telly. Anyway, that's an aside. But on the 4K versus 8K, the model I bought was a 43-inch model. Has 4K, fine, grand. But Panasonic also sells a HD version, a full HD version, non-4K of the same set. And actually, the picture is 
pretty identical. It's not that different. 4K really, really only kicks in after 50 inches. Yeah, I've got inches. a 55 inch at home. The, the guys in Harvey Norman recommended that I didn't buy a smaller model than that to get the benefits Absolutely. of 4K. They're, I yeah. still regularly, you know, when 4K stuff is on TV, whether it's Premiership Football yeah. or Formula One or something on yeah. Amazon or Netflix, stand in front of a TV, a gog and go, wow. Yeah, no, sure, yeah. Yeah. I have seen 8K TVs, as you have it, at many trade shows, and it, it didn't maybe impress me as much in the same way that 4K did when I first saw 4K, I and honest, the way 4K still impresses I me honestly now. Think, I think 8K will eventually become a standard for reasons other than like direct viewing, but even 4K, I mean, our, our main telly at home, which is a 14-inch telly, which would be considered small by today's standards, um, it's 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 only a full HD TV. Now, I watch a lot of Premiership football on it. And I can tell you, you know, sitting seven, eight feet back from the TV, it's pretty clear. I mean, it's really, really clear. There's not that much clearer that it, that, that it could get. But anyway, look, that's a total diversion. I, I don't think that 8K streaming on a phone is going to be a thing at all. And especially if you have a, a certain data limit. Um, I I, I, I don't I don't think it'll become a thing. I do think I am kind of excited about uh, two things. One is a camera. Canon is finally going to release a digital equivalent of its 5D Mark IV. In other words, an absolutely fully fledged, uh, proper, semi-pro. You can do absolutely anything with this camera, mirrorless camera. Um, do you think you might buy it? <laughs> I don't, because even when. So that the last Canon DSLR I bought was a 6D Mark II, and that was the entry-level full-frame DSLR. So that, at the time, cost about 1,500 quid. The 5D Mark IV and the 5D Mark III before it would have all been around the 3,000 euro mark, and that's what this will cost. It'll be about three, three and a half thousand euro. And I have never needed the advanced functionality of those cameras. I don't film in... I don't need the advanced... Uh, 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 videography that this can offer. I also don't need 25 frames per second. I mean, my cameras do between 6 and 10 frames per second. That is absolutely enough for what I'm doing. I'm not shooting sports or, or Formula One, you know? So, And this camera will, will be able to do it. It'll have dual card slots. It'll be a 75 megapixel camera, apparently, which is great. But again, your file sizes are going to be massive. I prefer 24 megapixel, like a, a small, manageable size. Because I go out, you know, and I'll shoot maybe two or three hundred photos. When I come back and put them on the either the desktop or the or the well, I don't use a desktop, a laptop or the iPad Pro. Like that's kind of a gigabyte worth of pictures just from that shoot. I don't want that one gigabyte to become, you know, nine gigabytes. And and those large seventy-five megapixel. Sensors. I mean, you you must find that from yeah, the A7 III. The, the raw files for those pics are going to be ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah, they'd yeah. be like 50, 60, 70 me uh, megabytes per per file. And most of them you'll just throw, you know, you just bin. Yeah, I do. I know someone that has an, an A7 or 3 and mm. they the, will put them off the A7 or 4, great as it is, mm. um, was the, the higher resolution. 61 the, megapixel yeah. sensor, yeah. For the, for, for the, for the reasons too you've big. just given. Yeah, They're too big. It, great if you want to crop in, but, but too big otherwise. Um, I'm looking forward to Huawei's P40 Pro phone. Will we see it though? I mean, if yes, if if, if you will. want to rewind back to earlier in the podcast, and um, we were talking about smartphones, mm. the great shame is that the Mate 30 Pro uh, is not mm. on that list, and none of us have seen it mm. because 
uh, at the launch in Munich, some of the, the Irish tech guys that were over there, they all came back and said it was the best piece of smartphone hardware they've ever seen. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff, the, the camera specs on it were just like, wow, I know specs, what's what's on paper good isn't always what's great in the hand, but well, we have come up with the goods consistently mm-hmm. in the last few years. So I don't know, will we see a P40 Pro in Ireland? I think we will. Um, I'm pretty sure we will, actually. Um, because we're not as hostile here to... Uh, to Huawei, uh, actually, we're not hostile in Europe to Huawei as as the Americans are, um, and I think Huawei has enough of a uh, brand to be able to at least try to sell um, uh, a successor to the P30. So, do you think Pro. the 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 Google ban will be relaxed? I do. Eventually, I do. I think it's as much tied into trade issues between the US and China as it is uh, to uh, security issues. I mean, I've no doubt that there are some American officials who do genuinely believe that there are security issues um, around large Chinese companies because of um, the environment that they work in, um, in the same way that we in Europe have issues with um, through GDPR with American firms because of what they are required to do with personal data of EU citizens when it's transferred between the uh, the EU and uh, the US. There's a court, a European Court of Justice case out just this week on that very topic. But um, I do think that there is some kind of political stuff uh, knocked in. So I do think we will see the P40 Pro. And what I'm looking forward to there is possibly an, another camera on the back, which would make four cameras. I'm looking forward to um, a 120 hertz uh, a screen. So you mentioned OnePlus. So the OnePlus 7 Pro, I think, is a 90 hertz. 90, yeah. And you can kind of, t- I know it's sort of on and off to save battery life, right? It would be on the Google, but it's, yeah. it's you can, it on the OnePlus 7 Pro, it's on all the time. Right. And you do, you do notice the difference. That's right. Sorry, it was the Google 4, um, yeah. yeah, the Pixel 4 XL. And you, you're a user of the iPad Pro, yes. which has 120. Oh, it's wonderful. It, I mean, that's one of the, the, it's one of the differentiators between the iPad Pro and other iPads and even other laptop is the quality of the screen and the scrolling. So I really look forward um, to that because uh, I think Huawei, in fairness to them, just like Apple has done at times, just like Samsung has done, they have pushed the market forward um, in some way, certainly as, as regard to, to uh, hardware. And the last thing I'm kind of interested in to see if it launches are Apple's AR glasses, augmented reality glasses. Apple is working on that and there are still some futurologists who I place a lot of trust in, people like Amy Webb, who believe that we are right now on the way, we're starting the decline of smartphones in general as a system and and we're going to go to AR glasses and glasses will be the future communication uh, platform that we have. Yeah, sounds exciting. Yeah, so uh, that's that's the view anyway. Apple's working on it. what Apple works on doesn't always come to bear. Still waiting for that news of that car that they're supposed to be working on. Some of the most exciting tech that I've seen in the past year um, has been in cars. John Mitchell, who is our motoring car mm. in the Irish Daily Star, um, 
he had he had a, a Mercedes electric car there recently. It was just next level. Can I ask like you though, how much does a Mercedes electric like like a Mercedes electric was, car? I, I I'm I think he said around fifty seven k. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it can do four hundred miles on a single charge, which was okay. The, was, to be fair, now that was the fifty seven k is still more than most people would be able to afford a car. But I thought you were going to say one hundred and ten k or something because people sometimes you get into these debates over electric cars, and I've taken a very unpopular uh, line with the electric with the EV community in Ireland. I've been lashed out of it several times. Because based on the cars that I've driven, as much as I've loved driving them and as much as I want to buy an electric vehicle, the range has not been there. The infrastructure is pathetic around the country. Absolutely pathetic. Um, And sometimes one or two of them come back to me and say, that's nonsense. Look at the Tesla. Tesla? Tesla costs 90 grand. Like, don't, don't come back to me with, you know, talk to me about a Tesla. So I thought you were going to talk to, you were going to say a Mercedes electric car there. Oh, yeah, this is, this is the next John's thing. had a couple of Teslas as well, and they are, like, they but are, I mean, like, they are really fine, exciting. But that's like telling somebody to go buy, you know, a Surface Studio 2 if they want to get a PC for four grand. Like, it's not going to happen, you know? They do need to get the, uh, the network right, I would agree with you there. I mean, they're already talking about fast, fast charging points, mm. um, being introduced in the next couple of years, particularly for for Tesla cars. Um, I mean, but they need to get the basics right. I, I definitely think that we're close to a tipping point where uptake of electric cars will start to pick up. Um, it's been it's been really disappointing over the last few years, but I do think it's very slowly starting to get better. And I, I definitely think in five years' time there will be a substantial amount of the market. Like it may not be more than 20 percent, but even even that would be you know, a, a fair whack of the market, uh, which will be electric vehicles. Um, and, and I'll be one of them if it, if it, if it makes it to that. So, um, so that's interesting. So anything else you're looking forward to next year? Um, to, you were at the service launch. I wasn't, yeah, but I saw you testing two products at that, the Duo and the Neo. That's right. Which both looks. I mean, right. testing is, is a creative word. We, we weren't allowed, we, we were allowed within about eight feet of them because, um, they're not complete products. So Microsoft has made a couple of new products. Uh, their take on the folding phone is not is actually two phones um, with a hinge, essentially. But it's it's kind of like a smart device uh, that uses Android, so the Surface Duo. So this is a major thing. Microsoft, as we know, um, went down in flames uh, with their Lumia line of phones. They bought Nokia, and it just didn't work. And they're back with essentially uh, uh, an Android device, which is huge for Microsoft. And it looks great. It looks really, really interesting. Everybody's really excited about it. So I'm just, I don't know if it's going to be the device for me because there's a touch of dad rock about it. There's a touch of the, the, the middle-aged bloke who has his phone in the sort of the leatherette case about it to me. Because I just have that prejudice when it comes to, you know, personal organizers and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but... Um, a lot of people have been very excited about it. So, be ver- and to be fair, this is the, about the fifth time we've said it. Microsoft have been the biggest improver um, over the last eighteen months when it comes to tech and and what they've and their vision and their design. So, I'd be interested to see how that. Yeah, how that looking works forward out. to something new. So I hope we've given you some ideas there for um, tech that you might still be interested in, even at this late stage in 2019. We will be back 
in this time next week, I hope, with an episode looking at what is actually going to happen in 2020, the main tech trends that you can expect to see, including the the privacy stuff we've spoken about, but also lots of other uh, fascinating stuff. So do stay tuned for that. Uh, Until then, from me, Adrian Wecht with the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. Thanks a million for listening. And also, sorry, from uh, Mark Cavanagh, digital editor of Buzz.ie and a senior assistant editor. Senior assistant, that's a lot of titles. Senior assistant editor. Are there any junior assistant editors? There are. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks, Adrian. Uh, thank you very I, much, I enjoyed Mark. that immensely. Thanks, Emil. Uh, so, uh, listen, uh, so tune in next week. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>